It is the Unnamed MMA Podcast. Along with Jordan Sherwood, I'm Adam Abdallah. Follow me on Twitter at Adam A. Abdallah. Follow Jordan at Wood on 1063. You can get all of his picks at FatJackSports.com. An okay weekend last weekend for UFC Fight Night. We've got another UFC Fight Night to preview this week. Makachev versus Green. A huge fight for Islam Makachev. Probably a bigger fight for Bobby Green if he can pull off the upset, but not likely. We'll get more into that in a minute. But anything from last week's UFC Fight Night that we can you know, take into future fights coming up here? I think I'm amped to see when Jamal Hill is going to fight next because you know he went out there and just completely slept Johnny Walker. And we talked about just his ability to counter, and he landed a severe right hand to the temple of Johnny Walker and absolutely put him to sleep. We told you he would do it. We told you he'd do it early. Um, and now it's and it's great, too, because, well, first off, it's great because he's become an, a nice story about a guy that really didn't come from a, a background in mixed martial arts and just using his athleticism. Now he's on the, the cusp of the top five of the light heavyweight division. But then after the fight, he's coming out in defense of Johnny Walker for all those trolls out there in social media that are condemning him and, and calling him a fraud and saying that he should, he's washed up and shouldn't be there. I love it when you know these athletes come to the defense of each other, but I'm a little bit disappointed because I reached out to Jamal Hill to join the podcast this week to talk mm-hmm. about you know his big win and what's next, and I uh, didn't hear back from him. That's so. okay. I mean, listen, it's he's, fine. He's, he's fighting busy. off haters left and right. I mean, come on. I hear you. Know I mean? just you wish know you know I mean? we would have shown the guy a little bit of Chicago love. You know, born and raised here in the Windy City, and mm-hmm. would have loved to have him on and talk about what's next. But uh, yeah, we'll get him. We'll get him for his next. We'll fight. get him for his next yeah, fight for sure. Goals. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. We'll have a few guests jump on every once in a while. So let's jump into UFC Fight Night: Makachev versus Green. Islam Makachev against Bobby Green. Uh, a huge favorite at minus 900. Bobby Green coming in as a catchweight fight. It's supposed to be 155. He's uh, at 160. And before this, we were talking that he lost 30 pounds in five days to make this fight. So he's had three weeks to prepare for this fight, right? Less. Less than that. Less than three weeks. Less than three weeks to to prepare for this fight. And he was at 190, you said? And so coming in at 190, and then he's got to make 155 with the five-pound allowance. Uh, for those who used to wrestle in high school or college, uh, you get that five-pound allowance. So he's well, this at, is a, well, this is a catch weight. So yeah. I made it. At a 160, 160 fight. Yeah. So actually, yeah. it's actually only a pound allowance if okay. they fought at 155. So thankfully, Bobby Green didn't have to lose that extra five pounds. Still. Islam Makashev do- also doesn't have to make the 155-pound the limit. Not that he's ever struggled with that before. But yeah. the, the, the bottom line is you're right. It was two and a half weeks. Bobby Green was sitting on his couch. He was he weighed at 195 pounds. He got the call, and he makes weight at 160 for this catchweight main event. And you know, kudos to him because this is his first main event since – the regional promotions way back when early on in his career. So credit where credit's due for Bobby, you know, Bobby Green going through the grind and he's getting his opportunity on short notice here to headline a fight. Card. Now, before we break down what is probably going to be a Makachev win, I mean, he's great in every category. Bobby Green, a, a huge underdog here at plus 610 right now. You get those odds on FanDuel Sportsbook. Um, losing 35 pounds in that amount of time. Now, I wrestled in high school for a little bit. I remember the kids that would, you know, have the trash bag on underneath the, the heavy coat, and they're wearing, asking for your heavy coat. They're doing laps in the hallways, trying to make weight. It always ended the same way. Those guys, when they got to the fight, were exhausted because they tried so hard to make weight all day. They've got the water bottle that they're spitting in in class. It's gross. Our high school actually outlawed it. They're like, you can't do that anymore because <laughs> it was so gross. They're trying to make weight. I get it if you're trying to cut, you know, four or five pounds or whatever in a week, like that's doable because weight fluctuates like that. But to lose 
35 pounds. Like, how do you do that? It's crazy. It's why these mixed martial arts fighters are a different breed and a, and a different character. That That's like guys, an arm, I mean, Jordan. It, it, That's it, like cutting <laughs> off an arm and saying, hey, like I'm struggling to lose the pandemic weight here and I'm trying to drop like 15 pounds and I'm like, okay, well, I'll get to it tomorrow. I'll get to it. I guess it's not my job to work out. Like these guys, it's their job to work out and to yeah. train and get ready for these fights. He lost my daughter. Like my daughter, Zoe, is six. Yeah. She's like 40, she's 40 pounds. And yeah. Yeah. My dog's 40 pounds. Like imagine just like, like and I have to like my dog, I have to carry her down the stairs because she's old now and everything like that. Like imagine, like I can't imagine it's, losing it's, that much weight in that short of time. It, it's crazy. And, and, and the thing is, it's such an integral part of the success or fail, failure for a lot of these athletes and, and a lot of the, you know, a lot of these fights, um, because you have to dedicate X amount of time to concentrating just doing that, mm-hmm. not worrying about sparring, training in the gym, studying film, you know, working on your jiu-jitsu. You have to worry about cutting weight. So, like, Bobby Green probably spent little to no time actually really preparing for Islam Makachev. He, he spent most of this time cutting the weight. So that's cardio, mm-hmm. that's, that's going on the, on the bike, that's wearing those suits to make sure that he's able to fight and, and legally fight. And luckily he did. Uh, uh, but again, you know, he didn't have a lot of time to game plan for Makachev. Which and is, you've got a story yeah, about so yeah. from when you were calling fights in Cleveland. I used to work for a promotion. It's no longer in existence. Uh, it's, it was called UMAX. It was a regional promotion in Cleveland. I was the color commentator, the Joe Rogan, if you will, of this uh, regional mixed martial arts promotion. And we had this one main event fighter who uh, drove to the weigh-ins in one of those suits oh. with the heat turned up in his car for a, about a 40-minute drive from his house to the the, way, the the site of the weigh-ins. And luckily, he did make weight. He made weight at the 200. It was a light heavyweight fight. He came in at 206. But just like him, I, I saw him getting out of his car, and he's just like dripping sweat He everywhere. basically turned his car into a sauna yeah, for exactly, 40 minutes. For 40 minutes oh th- while driving. I mean, that's definitely not the safest thing to do. Um, but that's the type of stories that you hear. That's the type of things that these guys do. And then, you know, in the case of, you know, one of these fights that I'm really actually looking forward to, um, Jonathan Martinez coming up against uh, Alejandro Perez, he actually called and said, look, I'm not going to make the Bantamweight win it. This, this fight needs to be at featherweight. And Perez agreed. So now they're fighting at 145 as opposed to what was contracted originally, uh, uh, contracted originally at 135. So uh, something happened with Jonathan Martinez where he wasn't going to be able to make the weight, but you know, look, they, they, there's something agreement that wasn't disclosed, uh, and now they're fighting at 145. So historically, how do the guys that have are, that have try to cut this much weight, how do they do in these fights? Like, is there any historical, you know, uh, uh, not stats or really, but just like records you can look at to be like, look, this guy, one, he's a huge underdog to begin with. So I imagine cutting all that weight in that short of time, not watching film because you're concentrating on cardio and you're concentrating on cutting all that weight. And you're spending, like you said, most of that time cutting that weight. Like, it, it, it makes him even more of an underdog in this situation. One, Makachev is just one of the best young fighters, or not young fighters, he's 30, but one of the best up-and-coming fighters in the game right now. And Bobby Green, just a huge underdog. One, because of the, the short time, he had to cut all this weight, and also just because he's not that good of a fighter compared to Makachev. Yeah, the track record you, you typically shows, you know, a guy that, like, knows that he's going to miss the weight or misses it really badly. 
uh, it, it doesn't bode well for them. Case in point, we talked about it two weeks ago on the uh, on, here on the podcast, William Knight and Maxim Grishin. It was supposed to be a light heavyweight fight. Max, uh, William Knight comes in like 12 pounds over the, the light heavyweight limit. Something went wrong. We don't know what it was, but I said I said it was likely an injury that did not allow him to work on his cardio to cut the weight, and Maxim Grishin was an easy cash winner for us mm-hmm. at, at FatJackSports.com. So a, a lot of it depends. But then there's other guys, too, that are, that are downright cheaters that just – like show up to the weigh-ins early. They know they're going to miss weight. They don't try and make the contracted weight. They know they're going to have to forfeit 20% of the purse, but it's it's worth it to them because they're likely going to get a win. And a case in point is a guy like Joe Alvarez, who's fighting in a very critical lightweight fight. I was very interested to see how he came out. He actually did look good on the scale. He had to go naked. He had to put the towel up, but he came in at 156. Prior to that, he had missed weight in like three of his last four fights, but they were all wins. Okay, they were Hold all wins a where he's because he's a, a mo- he's a monster. Hold on a second. <laughs> Hold on a second. Yeah. How much can that little thing weigh that they're wearing at the weigh-ins? You'd be anyway? surprised. Short- How much can those little surprised. shorts weigh? What? That's not even half a pound. Well, that half a pound was the no, difference between true. making the making the weight because he that's weighed one fifty six. If I'm listen, hey, I'm telling. I'll just tell you this: that before weigh-ins, when I was in high school, the bathrooms were full. That's all that <laughs> the bathrooms were full before weigh-in, and everybody was chugging Gatorade afterwards uh, to try to make weight for some dumb high school wrestling meet. So when we break this down, Bobby Green, big trash talker, but hasn't been able to come away with wins. Makachev is great in, in whether it's defending takedowns, whether it's uh, completing takedowns. He averages three and a half takedowns every 15 minutes. He can defense, uh, he can defend 90% of the takedowns. Like he's also good at uh, shielding away hits too. Like uh, he's defending hits at seventy percent. Like this guy is the complete package. Is one of the the up and coming fighters here in UFC. There's a there's a reason why he's called Habib Nurmagomedov 2.0. Mm-hmm. This is the protege of of Habib Nurmagomedov, a guy that never lost in mixed martial arts. Might be the greatest lightweight fighter that we've ever seen, and now is in the corner for every single one of Islam Makhachev's fights. Uh, and Islam Makhachev is, ha- is on a, quite a run. You know, his last victory over Dan Hooker was extremely impressive, but he also, you know, Tiago Moises, uh, Drew Dober, Davi Ramos, all these guys that are, you know, highly reputable guys. Um, this was going to be a major fight, though, and it really sucks that Benil Dariush had to pull out of the fight with a pretty bad ankle injury that he suffered in camp because, you know, you, you've got people saying that Islam Makachev, if he wins this fight, he should be fighting for the title. That's what he is saying, uh, you know, because he's on an unbelievable win streak. But but I don't think so. Bobby Green's not in the top ten of the lightweight division. Like no. he's not a, a title contender. Um, had Makachev beaten Benil Dariush, then maybe I'd consider it. But look, it's going to be a fun fight because that's the type of fighter Bobby Green is. He's an entertaining fighter and he's a pretty good one. Very good boxer. Very good takedown defense. Tremendous athlete. Can push strong cardio. A guy that rarely gets finished. Uh, as well, but again, Makachev's a, a 900 favorite. Like mm-hmm. you know, the, the expectations are extremely high. I would not recommend a play on Bobby Green. I just don't see, I don't see that scenario coming to fruition. Even though I love Bobby Green, I'd love to see it, but I do believe that Islam Makachev is in for a tough fight. Like this is not going to be a cookie cutter squash mash, if you will. Bobby Green is legit. Bobby Green's a guy that doesn't get finished. Uh, you know, he's gone, looking at the stats, he's gone 11 of his 12 last fights 
have gone the full 15 minutes. So he hasn't gone 25 because he hasn't fought in a 25-minute you know, fight. But 11 of his last 12 have gone all 15. So he's a tough out whether he's winning or losing fights. So when we look at the odds here, like you mentioned, Bobby Green is plus 610 right now. Makachev minus 900 on FanDuel. If we look at method of victory, Makachev by submission minus 115. Makachev by points plus 340. How do you think this fight ends and when does it end? Yeah, I think I, I think it's going to go to the judges' scorecards. I, even though now Makachev is coming off three submission victories in a row against three tough customers, guys that you know I probably would handicap as favorites over Bobby Green, but I just don't see Bobby Green a, a guy that's going to succumb to a submission. So then you got to take into account, all right, was well, he going to get worn down and get finished via TKO? Maybe, but I th- I actually think because I love the over in this, and I can't believe that the over at one and a half is two dollars. Like that's an easy. That's probably if we talk about like my big pick of the the week, it'll be that. Um, I think as you just said, Makachev via decision is likely the scenario. I see him controlling the fight where he wants, takedowns, keeping Bobby Green on his back. But I don't think Bobby Green gets finished, despite the fact he's taking this fight on severely short notice. So two props to look at then for this fight. Makachev by points at, at plus 340. And then on the time props, does the fight go the distance? Yes is plus uh, 260. So just over doubling your money there, two and a half to one right there. If Will the fight go the distance? So you think that's a good play as well? I do. And Bobby Green has not, I just had to look it up. Bobby Green has not been submitted in a fight since 2009. Uh, okay. So and he's never he's only been finished uh, once in his UFC career. That was uh, against Dustin Poirier, and du- we know how good Dustin Poirier is. You know, former interim lightweight champion of the world. So mm-hmm. yeah, my suggestion sure, certainly would be Makachev to win the fight, but Makachev on points and the over. Uh, likely two plays that I'll have uh, tomorrow night uh, for UFC Fight Night. And make sure you check out those picks at FatJackSports.com. Moving on to another fight, Serkinov versus Terman. That's Misha Serkinov versus Wellington Terman. A little bit of a shorter odds here. Uh, Serkinov around minus 120. Terman at plus 102 right now. Uh, if you're looking at method of victory, if you get uh, Serkinov by submission, it's plus 250. Wellington uh, by points is plus 300. Those are the two shortest odds for those. How do you how do you handicap this one. Yeah, it's it's interesting because this will be the second fight for Misha Surkinov at middleweight. He's dropping down in weight after a, a pretty lengthy career at light heavyweight. He did not look good in his middleweight debut because he couldn't get a takedown. And that was against a pretty good you know grappling specialist in Christoph Jotko. He's got another one in, in Wellington Terman. And, and albeit it's very tough to to uh, back a guy that was a split decision win winner over Sam Elvey uh, because Sam Elvey's terrible. We talked about him. We love him, but he's terrible at fighting right now. Um, small back for me on Wellington Terman because I think, you know, at the end of the day, what Misha Surkinov is going to try and do with those takedowns is in Wellington Terman's wheelhouse as a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt. The issue for Wellington Terman is that he fell in love with standing because he knocked some guy out a couple of fights ago and now thinks that he's a specialist in that area, and he's not. And he's been knocked out for his efforts because of that. So I think Serkinov, what he's going to want to do is probably just af- uh, use his athleticism. He's got more power, and Wellington Terman's defense has been in question. It won't be one of my plays that I release via the, the fat jack, but I'd say small play if you need to play this fight on Wellington Terman. And then I do think the over in this fight happens at one and a half. And the reason I like that is because guys, again, are both grappling specialists. But I don't think 
you're going to see Sirkinov be able to put on a Peruvian necktie like he did against Jimmy Crude against a Brazilian jiu-jitsu special. Say that three times fast. Peruvian mm-hmm. necktie. It's pretty sick Peruvian tradition. Necktie, Peruvian yeah, you necktie, like that. Peruvian necktie. Okay, it's not that hard to say, but it's mm-hmm. pretty cool to see it if, is. if it happens. In, in it the, sounds in the like something like a cartel would do in some like a movie that I want to see. Uh, it yeah. doesn't sound like a finishing move. Yeah, that, like yeah, yeah. But uh, but he, the, the guys are known for the Peruvian neckties. Yes. Yeah. So, but I, but I think again, it's going to be a grappling <laughs> specialist. So uh, over in this fight because I don't see really. Uh, a quick finish happening in this. Does it one. go the distance? You think? Yeah, I think it will. I okay. think it'll be a three-round, probably uh, you know, decision. Judges scorecards for Wellington Terman, slight underdog. I like the value there, so I'm going to go with it because I just don't believe Misha Sirkinov cutting the 185 is it, healthy for him. Yeah, I mean, he's a big guy. Uh, you know, he looked pretty solid at 205 and 185. When he can't get the takedown, it becomes a frustrating night for him. Yeah, this is one of my favorite uh, bets here. This will the fight go the distance? Because if you think it will, like you can, I know the over, you know, one and a half for the last fight we talked about, it's pretty pricey at minus 200. But uh, if you look at the fight to go the distance, you can get plus money on those at plus 150 uh, for Serkinov and Terman. So if you think the fight is going to go the distance, you think this ends uh, at the judges' scorecard, then that's a, to me, that's a good play right there. Uh, you can get that on FanDuel Sports as well. We go to the next fight Armand uh, Tsurukian versus Joel Alvarez. We talked about Alvarez a little bit uh, early on in the podcast. What do we need to know about this This fight's going to be awesome. This fight's going to be awesome. These are two guys that are on the cusp of uh, of really being notable names in the lightweight division. Uh, uh, You know, Armin's ranked. He's number 13. Joel Alvarez not ranked. Four fight win streaks for both guys. Alvarez has four stoppage wins. This is the guy that I mentioned had had to get naked to to make weight. But Mm -hmm. uh, look, he's looked impressive his last four outs. Uh, You know, again, a couple of those times he missed weight, but he is a monster at 155 pounds. Absolutely enormous for the division. A very sharp striker, technical, has got good submissions off of his back. The worrisome that I have if you're backing Alvarez is that he's going to allow Armin to do what he wants to do, and that's get the fight to the ground and control with some top position because Joel Alvarez likes to throw out those submissions, you know, off of his back. And if he's doing that, I think in my mind the judges are going to see that and think, all right, well, then Armin's just controlling the right fight for three rounds and he's going to get his hand raised. But look, 16 of the 17 wins are via submission uh, for Alvarez. He's a sharp striker, as I mentioned. It showcased that in his last fight. Uh, probably the play is Armin via decision if you need to back it. But I think I'm going to go with the dog here. I, I think the Joel Alvarez, again, the combination striking and submission, just how big of a monster that he is. He's on a four-fight win streak within the UFC, all four of those stoppages. Armin's on a four-fight win streak, but he hasn't done them all in the UFC. So small play for me, likely on Joel Alvarez, but I think the majority of people will see Armin get his hand raised with decision victory. So you're looking at it, Alvarez is plus 180. If you say Alvarez by submission, like you mentioned, you know if, he, if this fight does go to the ground, that's plus 460 in doing some prep for this fight. This one line stood out to me in one of the articles I was reading uh, from The Athletic that Alvarez wins 90% of his fights by submission, but he has no interest in wrestling. So as you mentioned, he he likes to be, he, he'll let uh, Tsurukian do whatever he wants to do, and he'll try to counter that on the ground. That seems like a risky play, uh, assuming you're going to be able to get a counter submission on the ground, right? Yeah, exactly. That's, again, he's going to allow the fight to go where he's going to be fighting off of his back. And again, a guy that's like, you know, fighting like that is going to be looked at as de- being dominated in the judges, you know, minds. Like, again, th- mm-hmm. there's not a lot of love that's thrown out for guys that are active off of their back. I yeah. mean, unless you really know what you're doing and you're threatening for submissions every single time, but I just don't think Armin's the type of guy that's going to allow that to to occur. So, um, very interesting, but again, Joel Alvarez has got a lot of finishes. You know, he's ni- 19 wins, 
19 finishes. So this is a guy that does not go to the judges' scorecards. Okay. Uh, so that's why I think potentially a small play on him would be worth a look. All right, so plus 180 for Alvarez, and then a little sprinkle on plus 460 Alvarez by submission. I like that. Let's go to some of the prelims here. Uh, Terrence McKinney versus Ferez ZM. How do you see this one? I cannot believe that Terrence McKinney is still an underdog in this fight. It just boggles my mind. This guy, play him as much as you can. I think he should be a $1.50, $1.75 favorite. I, I grabbed him early in the week at plus 130. I think he's now at plus 110. This is a guy that has now a combined three KOs in his last three fights that are are, uh, a minute 45. So his last three fights combined have lasted a minute 45, including a seven-second KO in his last fight. This guy is a a powerful wrestler who's got, obviously, some dynamite in his hands, 11 stoppages in the first round. He's now training with the current light heavyweight champion of the world in Glover Teixeira. And for us, Saeem is, look, is a good fighter. He's a talented fighter. There's a reason why he's 12-3. and But he just lets things happen. He, Mm -hmm. like, lets things happen. He's a little bit slower of a worker, and he's probably going to enjoy a stand-up fight against Terrence McKinney, which I think is a recipe for his disaster. And then if if Saeem, like, doesn't want to go there, well, then McKinney's going to go back to what he knows, and that's wrestling. And he could bully him against the cage, look for the takedowns. So one of my strongest plays and recommendations of uh, the night tomorrow night is Terrence McKinney, especially at dog money. I still can't believe that he's there at that at that value. So I love him, particularly as the underdog. So McKinney plus 108 right there. And also, if you want McKinney by knockout, that's plus 270. You think if this finishes early, it finishes by knockout or by submission for McKinney? Uh, probably by knockout. Okay. I mean, again, those last three fights – Combined 145, uh, all three of them KOs early in the first round. Uh, the I guess the interesting thing is, you know, potentially looking at live betting. I know you love doing that is, mm-hmm. you know, if this fight gets out of the first round. McKinney, you know, I'm not questioning his cardio, but you can't say with with 100% you know, conviction that he does have strong cardio. We don't know. So if Faraz Saeem can, can survive that first round, maybe he's down on the judges' scorecards, you might look to play him live. And I don't want to fiddle back and forth between, oh, yeah, take this guy, this guy, I'm 50%. No, I'm playing Terrence McKinney, yeah. but I'm advising people that are listening to, to us here, it might be worth a look at Faraz Zayim midway through that, that, after that first round, if he's still in the fight, uh, playing a small play on him. I love live betting during fights because, you know, you, you can judge how the fight is going and take advantage of some of those odds. Also, hedge your bet, too. Like, if you think a guy that you bet on is getting worked, try to get some of your money back that way. Uh, let's move on to one of the other prelims, Jonathan Martinez against Alejandro Perez. Perez plus 200 right now. Martinez minus 245 for this fight in the prelims. Yeah, I mean, this is the fight that I alluded to earlier. It was supposed to be a bantamweight. Now it's at featherweight. Something happened with Jonathan Martinez where he just didn't want to cut the weight. He has had issues before with making the 135-pound limit, so this fight doesn't have to worry about the the weigh-in issues. They fight at 145. Uh, Seven-fight win streak, uh, and then it was snapped for Perez with two losses. Then he bounced back with a nice submission victory his last time out against Jenny Eduardo. So this is a guy that wants to get the fight to the ground. But Martinez, powerful strikes, really strong leg kicks. Uh, He was cruising to a victory against Davey Grant before he got knocked out. But despite that, I still like his chin. I like his striking. I think he's got good durability and good takedown defense. So I'm going to play Jonathan Martinez to outright win this fight. I'm not sure if there's a method of victory that I love. So uh, I'll just take him to win because I could see him finishing Perez, but I could also see him go to the judges' scorecards. Yeah, some of those method of victory props you were talking about. Martinez by points is plus 135. Martinez by knockout plus 270. And Martinez by submission, 11 to 1. Martinez by submission. But Likely you not. 
the scenario, yeah, Perez exactly. is not going to likely get caught in a submission by Jonathan Martinez, particularly because of his background, and also Jonathan Martinez is more of a striker. So that's why. But I, I just I, I do believe that Jonathan Martinez is just better everywhere. He's got more upside, the younger fighter as well. And, you know, a little bit of, you know, again, he, he got he got knocked out by Davy Grant, but he's bounced back. He's won three of his last four uh, and, and likely four of his uh, four of his last five. It was a kind of a BS decision against Andre Ewell back at UFC 247. And the final fight we're going to talk about on the podcast here, uh, Ramiz Brahamaj versus Michael Gilmore. Uh, if you look at it right now, the odds, Brahamaj around minus 360. So a long favorite there, Michael Gilmore at plus 290. Uh, with this fight, if you're looking for method of victory, how this fight is going to play out, uh, Brahamaj by submission at minus 105, Brahamaj by points at 3-1. to one. Yeah, this is a fight that I talked about earlier in the week. If you follow me on Twitter, that we were going in on the under, going in on a, a prop bet via submission. This is the one. Brahamaj over Gilmore via the via submission. Gilmore's a guy that's been finished. He's 0-2 in the UFC. Got subbed quickly. Also got finished in the third round. He's got issues on the ground, and it's a huge advantage where Brahamaj uh, certainly um, you know likes to take the fight. So first round submission is certainly a, a prop that I'm looking at. Brahamaj via, via submission is a play, and then the under at one and a half. All right, so that's UFC fight night. If you're looking, the dogs are barking. The dogs are barking this week for you as Terrence McKinney at plus 108. Uh, Joel Alvarez at plus 180. Uh, Wellington Terman at plus 102. I love it. If you have, as we talked about last week, your knockout pick of the week, doesn't mean it has to be a knockout. It just means it's the one that you're the most sure of for UFC fight night. Makachev versus Green, what is it? Yeah, I mean, I'm surprised that they, they, they I got it at uh, Bet Rivers at one and a half. The, on, the over at one and a half for Makachev versus Green. I, I just think, again, Bobby Green, even though it's short notice fight and Makachev has been finished guys the last two times out uh he, he's not a finisher he's a grinder he's a grappler and bobby green doesn't get finished so even though it's a two dollar it's a bigger price to pay and you're like, oh yeah 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 you know big you know big big pick of the week is his is two dollars it's worth the play mm-hmm. and again i just don't see bobby green getting finished that quickly look i'll say this though if Islam, the way that islam magachev stamps his you know his place as the next in line like, he goes out and he finishes Bobby Green, like, quickly. Mm-hmm. Like, because Bobby Green doesn't get finished. He's only been finished once in his UFC career. So, you go and do that, yeah, you're cementing yourself as a top-tier contender and possibly next in line for a title shot. But I don't see that happening. So, uh, Makachev Green over one and a half. That's this week. Next week, we got a big one. No more fight nights. It is UFC 272, Covington versus Masvidal. Just a real quick, we'll have a full podcast on this next week, previewing UFC 272, but just something on the surface for people to look forward to, maybe getting odds now, early, before this fight, uh, before people's attention turn to this fight. What do you? What's your surface, you know, 10,000 feet view of Covington versus Masvidal? Yeah, as much as people are going to, like, love the fight, Covington versus Masvidal, and the animosity it's built up between the two, and that the, the story Line. I mean, it's a movie. It's a movie uh, storyline between these two guys. Uh, Covington via decisions to play. Uh, Covington's okay. just going to like out grapple him. He's going to wrestle Masvidal. Not really, uh, you know, threaten this fight on the feet because that's where uh, he would probably be uh, losing the fight. Uh, and it's like a dollar ten, dollar twenty, I think, in some places. Covington's like a three dollar favorite overall. But you know, you got to go to yeah. the judges' scorecards, go five rounds. Uh, so certainly look into that. And I'll tell you this: I'm not. I'm not buying the hype on Rafael Fazeev's quite yet. He's got RDA. He's got Rafael Dos Anjos, you know, former champion in the co-main event. That's also a five-round fight. It actually was moved because Fazeev had issues with uh, visa issues uh, getting over two weeks ago. So it was moved to the co-main event slot at this uh, UFC pay-per-view. 
I'm still not buying Fazeev as, as, as a big-time contender, and he'll prove it because RDA is no slouch. Uh, but I think small play in RDA early on, you know, a week away from that fight. All right, that is Jordan Sherwood. Follow him on Twitter, at Woodon1063. Great picks, as always, at FatJackSports.com. I'm Adam Abdallah. Follow me on Twitter, at Adam A. Abdallah. If someone goes to FatJackSports.com to get your picks, what else can they get there? Yeah, I mean, look, they're also going to get Jack's picks, and Jack's got basketball going on right now. He's got March Madness uh, in, in, in the NBA. Up. Exactly. And look, we offer, you know, just nightly, you know, if you want to just bet on the, the one night of fights, you get three months of fights, you get a whole year of fights, that are available for you. And I mentioned this, Wood on 1063. If you've got a question about a fight that you're watching, even during the fights, you know, shoot me a DM, shoot me a tweet. The DMs are open. The DMs are open. Happy to answer them as best <laughs> as I can. That's Jordan Sherwood. I'm Adam Abdallah. We'll talk to you next week as we uh, preview UFC 272. We'll be here on the Unnamed MMA Podcast.